What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast today. Fully loaded program for you guys. Aaron Donald makes the list of topics, and we'll start there. But Joey Porter Jr. possibly headed for a holdout. Arthur Motes has a name the Pittsburgh Steelers should sign, and we're going to dive into it. And uh, Cam Hayward, getting old, and people are noticing, apparently. It's a beautiful day out in the Berg. It's been a beautiful weekend. I enjoyed it very, very much so. How are you feeling, my friend? I'm feeling good. I, you know, not to brag, I did go for a run. I woke up real early, went for a run this morning, got my Whoa. day off a nice start. Yeah, so I experienced this beautiful day we're having firsthand. Nice. Outside a little bit, yeah. So, you know, you know. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm a pretty great guy. I'm feeling. I'm feeling good about myself today. It's a. That's as good of a. That's a as good of a start to the week I think as you could possibly have. To get out of bed early, go for a run, get it out of the way. You know what I mean. And now you're like, yeah. I'm ready. Oh to yeah. Go. I remember sitting in a, a like a little press conference with Pat Narduzzi like sometime last season, and he was he was telling us. Someone asked him about his like his daily schedule and like what he does and like how much time he spends in the office, and he gave some spiel about how he wakes up at some ridiculous hour in the morning, like 4 a.m. or something, and, and goes to work out. And he's like, this will make you guys feel great. Like, it'll be the best you'll ever feel in your life. And I'm like, eh. And then by, like, 2 o'clock, I'm going to be ready for a nap. So yeah. I, I don't know about <laughs> that. Like, that – I'm glad it works for you, Pat, but I don't know if I could if I could really do that. But maybe there's some truth to it. We'll see how today goes. I think the whole, like, 5 a.m., 4 a.m. working out thing is – I gave it a shot for a long, long time, like over a year. And it is great, but I – you're right. Like I, I'm still a nap guy. I nap like all the time, mm-hmm. but those naps were not like a half hour. They were like two hours. I was getting woken up because my fiance was walking in the door and I'm like, I'm up. I'm alive. I'm alive. So I <laughs> yeah. can't. No, nobody is meant. And then what time are you going to bed? You know what I mean? Like, right. Eight o'clock at night. The sun's still shining. No, I got mm-hmm. things to do. I'm a night owl. We'll get up. And we'll work out. But uh, I mean, hey, props to you. That's a beautiful morning right there. I'm excited for you. That only means the rest of the week's going to be. Just as good as this morning. We'll dive into some Pittsburgh Steelers football. We'll start with uh, Aaron Donald, who obviously is the biggest name that we could possibly talk about. His his name's just been floated around, not with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but just in general. There have been two names. Michael Lombardi has brought it up, and then Fox Sports' Jason McIntyre, excuse me, um, who's also brought it up. The fact that the Los Angeles Rams might be looking to get rid of their star defensive tackle by the trade deadline if they're essentially bad if the season's over they don't look like they have any playoff hopes which i don't think that we have many expectations or many people have expectations that they will get to the postseason this season this year it looks like that run is is seemingly over we talked about that last week if they get there and they're just looking for draft picks they're looking to get rid of their stars and create as much capital as they possibly can aaron donald's name one that they will mess with. You're the Pittsburgh Steelers. I tossed this out there and said, maybe they could. Maybe they could. Maybe they would make a trade for him. You think I'm crazy? You think I'm uh, You think I'm onto something here? I don't think you're crazy. Um, I mean, the Steelers are going to have as good a defensive line and as deep a defensive line, I think, that exists, that will exist in, in the NFL next year. But I think that also means they'd be in position to make a pretty good – I think they would also be in a pretty good – position to make a home run swing for Aaron Donald if he was available. Um, yep. It would be great, like great story, like bringing the hometown guy back to play for, 
uh, black to play for his hometown team, you know, practicing in the same facility he was in college, playing in the same stadium. Like, that would be awesome. And, I like, it would take a lot, yeah. And, like, the Steelers, like, I, I, I don't know exactly how much money Aaron Donald's making. They'd have to make, like, the money work. And But I, I have to imagine that the Steelers have – would be able to offer one of the better – trade packages for and and i'm quite honestly i'm kind of assuming that this will happen like i think the rams are gonna stink and oh yeah like it's gonna be stetson bennett time pretty soon in, in los angeles um so i i'm kind of expecting this to happen and and i i feel like the steelers would be among the teams with like the mix of they could salary dump some guys but they also have some young talent that would be really attractive i think to the rams like cheap controllable guys that like the steelers have to be among the teams with the best potential for a trade package uh, for, for Aaron Donald. Yeah, I uh, I very much so agree. I look at it like this. Okay, Aaron Donald's money is ridiculous. You got to make that work somehow. Like this year, it's a $26 million cap hit, which is just bonkers. Next year, it's a $34 million cap hit, which is, again, bonkers. But at that point, you know, you could restructure. You could lower that down. Still pretty ridiculous. But, you know, that that time will come. We'll talk about the contract situation if that time, excuse me, presents itself. I look at it like this. If Aaron Donald's name gets tossed out there and the Rams are actually floating it around and those within NFL offices are hearing, eh, Aaron Donald could be on the, on the trading block. Aaron Donald could be, could be here, could be there. And the Steelers have an opportunity to make it work. If the Steelers have an opportunity to make it work financially. Art Rooney is not sitting in his office going, nah, we're good. We're okay on Aaron Donald. You're telling they went and drafted Kenny Pickett. James Connors made his way through here. They have more pit draft picks than anyone in the NFL. They are that is their highest team that they draft from. They love to go get guys that they once admired in the NFL draft. Aaron Donald is the story of a lifetime for the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially if they're good. Like, especially if they're good, if the Steelers are on the verge of being a contender this season and week eight rolls around and Aaron Donald is on the chopping block and the Rams are like, hey, look, we're shopping. We'll even take a little bit of the cap hit. Don't even worry about it. Just give us some compensation for him. Art Rooney is not letting that slide. Omar Khan might. Mike Tomlin might. All the coaches and the players might. Art Rooney is sitting in his office going, you're going to try damn hard to get that to get that kid over to Pittsburgh back home where he belongs and we're going to try to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Donald because it's the biggest storyline that you could possibly come and it's not like it's like a uh you know go get DeMar Hamlin it's a really awesome storyline like no this guy could this guy can make or break a Super Bowl team you know that's exactly who he is he's an immediate upgrade to any line in the in the NFL he is still Aaron Donald who is probably the best defensive player in football and will be until he retires I just, I mean, there's just no, and I don't know if it's a guarantee. I just know that anybody sitting around going, it will never happen, that you're lying to yourself. You know, you're lying to yourself about what the Steelers would actually think about in that moment. Yeah. I mean, if, if Aaron Donald's on the market and you are remotely a competitor, like for the playoffs or for anything bigger than that, yeah, you have to like do your due diligence. You have to do your homework on this. Um, and I don't know. Like you put Aaron Donald on the Steelers like right now, like I, I don't know, you, you can't really predict who they would lose in a trade like that. But uh, like, I, I don't know, would anyone score against them? Like, would That's anyone, what I'm saying. Like, no That's quarterback saying. would have any time. You nope. got a pretty decent second. Like they, no one would be able to run the ball. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think any, like 
that would be easily the best defense in the NFL automatically. Automatically. You you put Aaron Donald at the nose tackle because Aaron Donald could play nose. You can play him you can play him anywhere, but you start him at the nose so that you have linebacker. Cam Hill. Yeah, you can, you can put him at linebacker. He'd be just fine. Mm-hmm. You put him at the nose. You let him just absolutely dominate centers for the first two snaps of a drive. And then either Larry O or Cam Hayward gets off the field. And then, boom, Aaron Donald's playing defensive end or defensive tackle. And he's a menace there, too. Like, it's just – it is – you have the deepest, scariest defensive line in football from that moment on, especially if you could somehow retain Alex Highsmith in this situation and – it's just no, it's no questions asked. Like that would be the scariest Steelers defensive line that we have seen since the James Harrison, Lamar Woodley, Brett Kiesel, you know, Aaron Smith days where it was just Casey, big Casey Hampton in the middle man and things. It's we haven't seen that since. And that would be it just there is no way that the Steelers would just ignore that situation. You know, will a deal definitely get done? I don't know about that one. You know, I think that that comes down to what are the Rams asking for? Because chances are it's more than one first round pick and probably a player. But there is very little chance Omar Khan doesn't make that phone call and make it a couple of times. You know, like it's right. not like a uh, yeah, you know, we'll think about it real quick. It's like, OK, let's talk. Let's see what we could. Let's see if we could find some common ground to work with here because it's Aaron Donald, especially if it's if it's good. You know, like it's just it's just on. It would be unbelievable. Right. And like, honestly, I, I could care less about a couple of first round picks. Like, yeah, literally, like this is Aaron Donald, man. Like, I, I, I do not care because like that. I don't know. You'd be a you'd be a Super Bowl. Maybe not a favorite. You got to see how the offense works out and see if that actually, you know, materializes. But yeah, like if the Steelers are even, I don't know what when, what week is the trade deadline? Do you know? Eight week eight. So if the Steelers are if the Steelers are five and three. You put Aaron Donald on their on their defense, like I have a hard time saying that's not like a Super Bowl favorite. I mean, maybe Kansas City is still, you know, or Cincinnati, but like even then, I I don't know. Yeah. I I would take a, D, a Steelers defense with Aaron Donald and this current iteration of their offense against uh, anyone anyone in the league. Yeah, this one. Like if you're gonna, you're not. nobody is sitting around and if you are like if that's your game plan is to beat the kansas city chiefs by trying to score more touchdowns than them you're gonna lose you know like nobody's like you know what we just have to have a better offense than the kansas city chiefs so that's that's impossible that can't Mm -hmm. you know you're not that's just not gonna happen what you could do is make it a living nightmare for patrick mahomes for four quarters and do everything in your power to make it as difficult as humanly possible for him to score touchdowns because if you could limit the Kansas City Chiefs offense, if you could limit Joe Burrow in that offense or shut down Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, you got a very good shot at pulling off something against any of these teams. You know, the Steelers should not be trying to win through their offense this season. They should be trying to win through their defense. And if that's the case, there is not a better name out there. You can't name. There is not one person. I, I would say this. There's I think I, I actually do. I do think there is one person. I think that one person is Fred Warner. I think that would be the yeah. only other player that if I was if I could add one player to the Steelers defense, that's who it would be. Fred Warner, because that's their biggest hole. He's the only, yeah. you know, like legitimate superstar inside linebacker in the NFL left. I'd put him outside of that. Aaron Donald. There's no be- bigger name that the Pittsburgh Steelers could add. To make this defense as terrorizing as possible and they build through their defensive line that's how they've always won that's how they've won super bowls in the past 
you know, that's just, that's the Steelers game plan. So could it happen? Yes, very much so. Very much so, yes. And anybody who's, we're going to get a lot of people who would be like, no, that's, they will never, their money and this and that and so on and so forth. Agreed 100% that there are a lot of things to figure out in that situation. But I know the Pittsburgh Steelers well enough to know that, yes, Aaron Donald would certainly be on a list of people that they would call about a trade for if they knew it was a possibility. And if that possibility arises, there will be phone calls made. So we'll talk about that when the time comes. Next, I want to talk about another name that has been tossed out for the Pittsburgh Steelers to potentially join them this summer. Arthur Motes of the Arthur Motes Experience talked about a Pro Bowl edge rusher for the Pittsburgh Steelers to add is not just like an every down guy, but just as a passing situation specialist. Uh, Yannick Nagakwe, former Indianapolis Colts, I believe last year. Yeah, Raider. Jaguars, I'm pretty sure. Jaguars. I think he was drafted by the Jaguars way back in the day. He's only 28 years old. He's still a free agent. He's coming off of, I want to say, back-to-back eight-and-a-half sack season. He's got 19-and-a-half sacks since 2021, um, and he has never fallen short of an eight-sack season in his entire career. So clearly able to rush the passer. Now, Motes makes it very clear Quote, when you bring in a Yannick, who's a dope pass rusher in his own, but to me, he is still more of a pass rush specialist than a true starter guy. With Yannick, you're going to talk about depth. Almost treat Yannick like a slot corner. I only bring you in when it is an obvious pass situation and I need a fastball. I need a dude who could go out there and win consistently and cook. So it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a Marcus Golden. It wouldn't be an every down guy. It would just be a third situation, third, you know, third and long situation you want to have three outside linebackers out there if possible that type of that type of situation for the Steelers do you think it makes any sense to add a 28 year old pass rusher to a group that pretty much already has solidified three and possibly a fourth in Nick Herbig um I I don't really think so um I if they could sign him for way under what I'm sure his market value is going to be yeah great but I'm not going to pay upwards of I mean, he made $13 million last year. I, I don't know. He's, if he's still unsigned, he's probably not going to command much more than 10, if 10, I would imagine, uh, on whatever new deal he gets. But I'm not paying upwards of $8 million for a pass rush specialist, especially when, like you said, they've got three, possibly four outside linebackers set for the coming year. Like, I feel really comfortable with that group. And I don't know why you would need to add depth for that much money because this because the other thing is why would Ngakwe sign with the Steelers for less than his market value like he might think they're a winner but there are plenty of winners I feel like who will yep pay him even more than that yep I 100% agree his market value on Spotrack is four years 59.2 million dollars a little a little under 15 million dollars a year 14.8 million dollars a year that is way out of the price range of the, like, that's a number that the Steelers are going to consider paying Alex Highsmith. You know, that's what they're looking at right now. I could see if it was, if, if he was, you know, an older veteran and he was over the age of 30 and you were signing him to three to $5 million to come in here and be a fourth and, you know, just have like a really elite group. I could see that one, but overall to like bring in a 28 year old who doesn't see a a very long-term future with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers probably don't see a long-term future with him. 
That doesn't make a lot of sense. He doesn't get a really good opportunity to kind of showcase himself and earn a bigger contract. The last year, he's coming off a pretty good season. It's just very hard to say that this guy should go out and, you know, just take any contract that's handed to him and the Steelers would even consider going out and making a deal for somebody because chances are if you go out and you, you know, you offer Nagakwe, you know, $5 million or even $8 million for one year and say, come play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he's going to be a little upset at that offer. You know, he's going to be like, that's a little disrespectful for what I've done and who I am and the player that I could still be out on a field. I, I just don't think it would work out on top of that. Like I think Moats's thing was like, he's still on the market. So there's gotta be a reason at some point your value is going to drop that whole night. I don't think that's the case. You know, like I think there's still some very big name edge rushers on the market. You can make a lot of things work. I just, I, I think that later in the, later in the summer, maybe at the end of training camp, once teams start to realize like, holy crap, like the Steelers last year, like the Steelers were walking around last year with Derek Wolf as their number three edge rusher. And we were talking about Delonte Scott coming in here and possibly like earning a spot as the fourth. Like that was the big, oh gosh, it's got to happen. Or that's what's going to happen. Like there will be teams in that same situation that are like, we desperately need an edge rusher. We'll go get him because he's young and he's still star and he's got value or they'll have a starter who goes down. There's just a million ways that it could work out for him. None of them include the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't believe. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't either. Um, I, I feel like they're also if you're going to spend, if you're going to spend some more money, like they're uh, on a you know bigger ish name free agent, like go get a linebacker or something. Yep. I know there aren't yeah. many names left, but if you're going to try to make an addition to this team and, and make it a splash, you've you've got more pressing areas of need. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, then yes, then an edge rusher, especially if, you know, Herbig's look good in OTAs and minicamp, and I get it, it's OTAs and minicamp, but he's looked good. Golden's going to be their number three, and they feel good about that one. You know, you just, there's just no, there's no room for him. There's no, there's just no point to add another guy. And I get, again, I get where Moats is coming from, but just don't, don't agree with that one. All right, moving on. Next thing, Cam Hayward recently dropped in the ESPN top 10 rankings for each position voted on by players, scouts, coaches, and executives. Last year, he was number five. This year, he falls to number nine. Uh, Jumping him, moving to number five, actually, is former Pittsburgh Steeler Javon Hargrave, who did not make the list last year. He turns 30 years old, made his first Pro Bowl two years ago. Shout out to him. Glad that he's on the rise. Just signed a mega deal with the San Francisco 49ers. Meanwhile, Hayward falls to nine. One of the quotes was that, you saw the decline that you saw father time starting to catch cam Hayward over the, over the course of last season. Obviously he did start slow, but he had a 10 and a half sack season. You know, it's, it's really tough to sit around and say, cam Hayward doesn't have the juice left. It's easier. I think to say that maybe everything around him didn't really work out the way that the Pittsburgh Steelers hoped that it did. Do you think that he, uh, you think the cam Hayward's starting to fall off or you think that uh, maybe Maybe Father Tom still doesn't have his grips on this guy yet. Well, so I like when I first looked through this list, I was like, okay, ninth for Cam Hayward. That maybe sounds a little bit low, like a, like in my head. But mm-hmm. Then you look at some of the names, and you're like, okay, that's not as far off, I guess, as I thought. Like I thought, I think yes. he's better than a few of these guys, but a lot of them you can't really argue with. I, I just, I agree with you. I thought the reasoning was kind of weird. Like that's. For whatever reason you think Cam Hayward should be number ninth, his age, I don't think that's, I don't know, he's producing at the same rate as he was, you know, when he was younger over the past few years. Like, he's been pretty consistent. 
he's pretty durable. He doesn't miss any time really, if any, uh, yep. you know, he doesn't miss any t- much time, if any at all. Like I think this, this story says he missed, uh, he missed two games since 2016. Yeah. Like that's, and his, you know, 23 quarterback hits were a tie for his career high. Like, I don't, I don't understand where that he's, yeah, he's getting older, but it doesn't mean what you're saying. It means, it doesn't mean that he's getting worse or that he's, he's slowed down. I mean, the proof is in the numbers. So I just don't, I, I didn't understand that. Like, Ninth, whatever, but yeah, I think the reasoning is a little off. Yeah, I I agree, and you do you, like you look at the name, and I agree with you. Like Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Quinn and Williams, Javon Hargrave, I think is maybe the the iffy one there, but I just I like Javon Hargrave. I'll I'll appreciate his play, so I'm cool with him sitting at five. Dexter Lawrence, DeForest Buckner, Darren Payne, and then Cam Hayward. Like I do, I feel like that list is is not bad, but again, the reasoning behind it is exactly what you said. There is there is a pretty significant difference between getting old and getting worse. And yeah. Cam Hayward has defined father time. And every year we will analyze him as critically as possible because he's hit that point in his career where it's like eh, any bad moment could be the beginning of the end. Like that's where, right. that's where we're at with Cam Hayward, but there weren't those moments like at all at the beginning of the season. Yeah. He, he started slow, but game one, he looked good. TJ goes down, the entire defense, the entire team as a whole looks awful. On top of that, people have a very hard time when talking about the Steelers defense and certain players in particular saying, okay, well, you know, the defense looked looked bad. It didn't look as good as normal. Well, the last one, two, three, four, five years, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and this is just Cam Hayward, who has not played 100% of the snaps. The highest he's played in a season since in the last five years is 83% of the defensive snaps. Has played over 800 snaps per season. Last or two years ago, it was 955 snaps. So the wear and tear and the exhaustion on these guys' bodies is real. Like the Steelers' offense has been so bad that every week is a talking point of, do you think it's going to help when the offense is on the field longer? Do you think it's going to help when the running game's working and the Steelers, you you know, Kenny Pickett could hold on to the ball and you know you're not running back and forth onto the field every four plays? Like, do you think that that helps you play better? And every single week, that's being brought up. So I I think yes, like. Did Cam Hayward look like it was his best season last year? No. Did he look like he was the same monster that he's been for the last 10 years by the end of the season? Yes. Does the offense hurt him significantly and never get talked about? Also very much so, yes. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree with all of those points. And I, I don't know, there's, it's, I get it. Everyone wants to be the first to be like, oh, yeah, we saw this moment where Cam Hayward looked old, where he looked yeah. like he had actually lost a step. But like, until you actually see it, until you actually have some some evidence that it is his age that is the that is the sole you know re- sole reason why he's slowed down at at any point. I, I don't know. You can't like say the. And I also thought the quote was really vague. It was like we thought he slow. You know, we thought he's we thought he's starting to decline last year, which is to be expected given his age. You can think that, but I, I'm just not. I don't think that's true. Like I don't. No. I don't think you watch Cam Hayward on a weekly basis and think he looks. He looks slower by the eye test, and and, and the numbers just like back it up to a certain extent. And I, I just also think 
for all those reasons you listed, the reason the the way the Steelers got better this year, um, like both sides, offense, defense got a little deeper. It, this should be another. This should be a better year. In fact, like this should yes. be a fresher Cam Hayward. This should be, you know, e- each one of his reps is going to be more intense because he's spending less time on the field because he doesn't have to be the guy when TJ Watt is out. You know, there's there's so many reasons why age 35 season can be so much better than age 34 or yes. is he 34 and he's going to be 34. I don't know, but I, either way now, I believe. I yeah. I don't know when he turns 35, but I, I don't know. I think there's plenty, there's much uh, more reasons for optimism than there is for pessimism. The pessimism is yeah. we're counting on it. And the yes. optimism is we can see it. We can see it coming. Like there's actual tangible reasons why he could be better. Yes, ex- that's exactly it. Like, that's exactly it. People just it, look at it. it's the Pittsburgh Steelers for one, and they don't get as much as like, I hate to be that guy because I'm sure that it's with every single organization. And I'm sure that growing up a Patriots fan, like you saw it with the Patriots, it just as much as everybody sees it with the Steelers. But it, it is like it is frustrating when people who do not watch the Pittsburgh Steelers on a daily basis try to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers because it's very clear that nobody's sitting around watching a team who is the most boring offense in football, who's terrible, who doesn't have a flashy, sparky defense anymore. It's just, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. If I didn't have to watch them and I wasn't a fan of them, I would not watch them at all because they are a very boring football team for the last I don't know, three years maybe since the 2020 season. And that was the COVID year. Nobody cared about it. Like it was a weird situation then too. It's hard to sit back and and truly talk about a guy like Cam Hayward when you've just done your film study on him. You know what I mean? Or you've watched a handful of this or a handful of that. And I bet you that if, you know, Carl Dunbar, who was probably in that list or Mike Tomlin, who was probably in that list and some executive from the Pittsburgh Steelers offense probably only had incredible things to say about cam hayward whereas in you know those who watched a game or two especially if you played him early in the season you have a different outlook on that and i think that that's you know that's the misconception you get with cam hayward and with everybody else but agreed there are plenty of reasons that this year can be way better than last year it starts with tj watt but i mean hey week eight rolls around aaron donald walks into town and (laughs) man cam hayward can have the greatest year he's ever had ever ever Because there is just, you just can't, you just can't, like, what are you, if you're an offensive coordinator, first off, you already have negative thoughts about Cam Hayward because he's 34 years old. And Aaron Donald's lined up on that defensive line. TJ Watts lined up on that defensive line. And then maybe Alex Highsmith and Larry Ogunjobi are having great years too. And you're telling me that Cam Hayward's getting double teamed? No. Cam Hayward's yeah. facing a rookie, you know, yeah. and he's, he's having at least a sack every single game. Yeah, he might get he might get like single coverage on a running back more often than he gets double teamed. Like it's it's going to be that it would be that deep and it would be that much of a problem for other offenses. It just it just can't uh, just it would just be unstoppable. So there the optimism, like you said, very 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 much so there. All right, last thing I want to talk about there is slight, I guess, some growing concern that Joey Porter Jr. could be headed for a holdout at training camp at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Come the end of the month, we are, what, 17 days away from the start of training camp, 16 days away from the day that the players report. Joey Porter Jr. is yet to sign his rookie deal. There's obviously some confusion, some things to work out, some unique circumstances, you would say. He was the 32nd pick in the draft 
in a normal year, that is a first round pick. This past season, it is a second round pick. The controversy there is, well, where does the money fall? Is it guaranteed like a first round pick or is it going to be guaranteed like a second round pick? It's really comes down to that fourth year in the contract that they can move as much guaranteed money really as as they'd want to. I'm sure that his agent is fighting as hard as possible to land him more of a first round deal than a second round deal, which makes a, a you know perfect sense. And that's exactly what the agent's supposed to do. Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Steelers are probably viewing this as well. You were our second round pick, even if you were picked 32. And that's just where it goes. There are some concerns now with that and the fact that we are getting closer to training camp that maybe he might not have a deal done by Latrobe. You got any worries? We are, like I said, 17 days away from them touching the field again. It seems like a lot of time to get things done, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't really have a concern about it. Um, I also kind of wouldn't really have that many concerns, even if they go into training camp without a deal. I mean, yeah. look, Joey Porter, Joey Porter is going to be a big part of this defense this year. And I think it would be, he's not going to sit out the season. So it would be silly for him to, I think in my opinion, sit out for, for any part of training camp and miss reps and miss getting to know the defense when he actually can put pads on and he can hit someone. And when he can actually be integrated with an entire team, just because, you know, part of his contract three years down the road, might not be exactly what he wants. I, I also think that's something that Joey Porter is going to get signed. I think the details are something his agent is going to work out and get him the best deal poss- that he possibly can. Joey, I, I don't know how much this isn't like he's negotiating a, you know, massive free agent deal or anything like that, yes. where he gets to kind of pick where he's going and who he wants to play for and, and all of that stuff. It, it, it's, pretty set in stone when you're a rookie signing your first deal, regardless of, you know, what happens in that fourth year with guaranteed or unguaranteed money. Yes, ex- exactly. Like it is, it, if you, if the Steelers are saying, Hey, we'll give you 60% of that fourth year guaranteed. And the, the agents say, no, we want 75% of that fourth year guaranteed. I think it's a lot easier to meet in the middle at 67 than it is to expect to hold out. Like I just, it just doesn't make sense for you for one, for one, and I think this is the biggest thing, is people are are freaking out and starting to, and I, and I don't want to say everybody, you know, it's a very very few people, but it has been it has been addressed in the headlines that Joey Porter Jr. is headed for possibly headed for a holdout. There are twenty five rookies who remain unsigned seventeen days away from training camp. Twenty five of them, of them, thirteen of those rookies are second round picks, which means that we have half of a round still who has not signed their rookie contracts in the same round that Joey Porter Jr. is, including the 33rd pick, Will Levis. So, you know, there are pretty big names out there who have yet to ink their rookie deal. I think that list also includes, like, pick 40 to 48 right in a row. So Mm. it's, you know, it's this is not a this is not an isolated situation for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What could get done in 17 days is unthinkable in the NFL. Like they could do a million things in the NFL in 17 days. Joey Porter Jr. lives about four minutes away from UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. So if he needs to sign a deal, he could show up, say what's good to the security guard, eat some lunch, head up to Art Rooney's office, sign that deal, shake his hand, go work out, and come home all within like two hours if he really, really wanted to. It is not a big deal for him to go ink that contract at any moment. Um, And I think that even if it comes down to the wire, there is it, it, both sides fully understand that it is 
for their best benefit to get him on the field at the start of training camp. For one, that is the last thing that they want the fan base to deal with. And they fully understand it. Like the Steelers have a full understanding of how the media and how the fan base perceives certain players and really any player and how they will react to certain situations. They have a full understanding of that. They do not want anybody to be upset with their rookie second round pick that especially a guy like Joey Porter Jr. is uh, the nicest dude on the planet. You don't want that to happen. So you want to make sure that he's out there. On top of that, just like you said, he's got an immediate opportunity to make an impact on this defense and to play significant minutes and reps and possibly start in week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers want that to happen. Joey Porter wants that to happen. His agent wants that to happen. It boosts everything long-term for this kid. It is very hard to sit around and say that a deal will not get done in the next 17 days, even if it hasn't happened right now. And just, you know, just to put that into context, there's definitely negotiating. But Joey Porter Jr.'s agent is Athletes First, who own pretty much half the NFL, if not more. They have plenty to work or, or plenty of business that they have to conduct on a daily basis. The fact that they haven't gotten a rookie deal done when probably of those 25 draft picks a good chunk of them are theirs as well means that they're just they're just working they're not working fast but they're just working and i think it's more that than it is anything else yeah and i think joey like i think you make a good point about joey kind of understanding the uh like how pressing this kind of is and this time is and how important it is for him to be at training camp and be a full participant at training camp because yes I, I, I would have to imagine he's itching to be on the field like immediately, like to to the idea that he would sit out, I think would kill him and he would he would hate that more than anything in the world. So I, I, I'm yeah, I'm not worried at all. I think there's plenty of reasons why he still hasn't signed. You mentioned probably all of them. And, and there's there's probably no there's no concern, at least from my end, about Joey Porter being ready to go by the time the team gets out to Latrobe and, and being a full participant by the time training camp starts, because like you said, there's, there's mutual interest. Like there is everyone benefits from Joey signing his deal as soon as possible and kind of getting this in the rear view. So I don't think yep. there's, I don't think it has anything to do with motivation or desire to get signed. I think it's just logistics. No, exactly. It's exactly logistics. At no point in this is an Alex Highsmith situation of, well, I'm, I'm worthy of this much. You haven't played an NFL snap, dude. Okay. Right. You haven't played one single NFL snap. Nobody has any idea what you're worth. So you're trying to get the best rookie deal that you could possibly get, which, you know, I hope you do. I hope you get the best rookie deal humanly possible, but that's all that is, is it's the middle ground is here. And I bet you that at worst case scenario, they're about here. They're not yeah. that far apart. And if, I mean, if even if it comes down to the, to the wire, it'd be great to be sitting there talking to Joey Porter Jr. 30 seconds after he signs his rookie deal as they walk into the dorms at Latrobe. But that would be best case scenario, I think, for everybody, you know, because then we don't have to worry about golfing or eating lunch and then that story coming out. So I'm all about, I'm all about waiting until that day. But I, I'm, like you said, zero worry. Nobody should be worried yet. Even as we get closer, I don't think we're going to be worried about it. If it if it comes and we're wrong and he's holding out, we'll talk about it then. But I just don't. I don't see that. I don't see that happening. With that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Like this video and find us anywhere that you get your podcast. 
Check out all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com. And as always, our pit stuff at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy a beautiful start to the week in the Berg. Peace.